Well, Father, we just thank you for tonight. We just bless you and we praise you. We worship you. We just honor you tonight. And we just look to you. We thank you that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. And that we know the hope of our calling. Thank you that you've granted unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Thank you that you're constantly revealing your heart to us. And helping us experience the reality of who you are. Thank you that you're an experiential God. Thank you that you want us to experience the power of your resurrection. Thank you that you want us to experience your love. Far surpasses knowledge and you want us to experience who you are. And so we're here tonight just in your presence breathing in your spirit, reminding ourselves of who you are and reminding ourselves of who we are in you. Thank you that you're restoring our sight tonight. You're restoring our focus tonight. Thank you, Father, that you are all the while in us, effectually working both to will and do your good pleasure. Thank you that you are working all things out together for our good. That even when we don't know how to pray, that we have a helper. We just acknowledge you tonight, Holy Spirit. You're our helper. (laughs) You're our strengthener. You're our standby. And we just acknowledge your presence in this place tonight. We acknowledge your presence on the podcast today. We thank you for your tangible, manifest presence resting on us and in us today. Ah, your your presence is life. So we just breathe you in. We just take a moment just to decompress, just to be with you with no agenda except experiencing you, knowing you, growing in the knowledge of who you are. I thank you that you're reminding us, God, of who you are tonight. You're reminding us of what is real. And you're taking us higher. You're taking us into a a higher level of understanding, into a greater level of, of experience tonight. Thank you that you are a God of relationship. (laughs) You're not a God of religion. (laughs) You are a God who wants to be known. You are a God who has made your home in us so that we would never be without you. And so we just take our time tonight, Lord, just to to talk and worship and pray and fellowship with you. You are our source. 
You are our source of life. You are our source of peace, <laughs> of healing. You are the source of everything and anything we could ever need or desire, God. We are complete in you. And so we just praise you tonight. We praise you tonight. Jesus, you're worthy. You made a way. You are the way. And we just praise you. Praise you for what you've done. Thank you for finishing it for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And as we get into your word tonight, Lord, we just pray that you would you would just breathe <laughs> just a spirit of revelation on that. That you would be speaking to every single person, Lord, what they need to hear tonight, what they need to hear. Whenever they're listening to this podcast, God, I thank you that you have rhema for them. You have God-breathed, inspired, Holy Ghost spoken words for each and every listener, God. And I thank you that you are, you're leading and you're guiding us into all truth. I thank you that you're giving us visions of victory, God. You're reaffirming, God. You're, you're confirming. <laughs> you're establishing, God. You're building up. You're edifying, God. You're encouraging, Father. You're doing exactly what needs to be done in the hearts and the minds of people today. And we just release you to be you. We release you to do what only you can do in our lives. You are our sanctification. You are our righteousness. <laughs> you are our wisdom, Jesus. And we just, we just rest in that. We rest in what you're doing in our lives. We rest in your grace tonight, God. Your grace makes us self-sufficient in your sufficiency. And so we just receive grace tonight for every person, God. You know every single listener. You know exactly what they need. And so I just yield my heart, my mind, my body, God, just as an instrument of righteousness. I just yield to you tonight. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Yeah, we're just going to stay in this place for just a moment here. Just see. I feel like the Lord has something he's wanting to say. We're just going to kind of marinate in his presence here. It's so easy to have, you know, a, I don't know, pressure to move. <laughs> so much, there's so sometimes so much pressure, internal pressure, external pressure, who to have answers, to make decisions, to, uh, know what to do, to understand. I just feel kind of that pressure even now. Just And I just said it's okay <laughs> to, to rest in the Lord. You know, Paul said this, you know, that, well, God told Paul that my grace is made perfect in weakness. 
It's okay to not have the answers. It's okay to not make a move in your own strength. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I feel like what the Lord is saying tonight, um, that this is a season and this is a time, and it's probably all the time, but I guess if you're listening to me, then it means it's probably for you in this time. Um, But I feel like the Lord is way more concerned about what's going on inside than what's going on outside. And that our inner atmospheres are ultimately the most powerful part of our lives. And he's reminding me of, of course, you know, when Jesus was sleeping in the storm and the power of peace, just the power of peace. And although peace is our portion, peace is an internal state of calm. It's an internal place of rest. It's a place of serenity. It's a place of, uh, it's fearlessness, it's, it's confidence, it's, it's a place of, of faith, it's, 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 it's the atmosphere that, of Jesus himself. You know, the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost, but this peace is, is a very powerful thing. And I feel like that real maturity comes when we can learn the value of peace and start to recognize the importance of guarding our hearts. maintaining that internal atmosphere of peace. Because the internal really at the end of the day will determine what happens externally. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But over and over again, time after time, we see the the power of a of a person who isn't allowing the external to govern or to rule the internal, but instead is allowing the internal to rule the external. And so what this means, I I just am kind of sensing here, is that it means that the season that I'm describing is a season of of gaining mastery (laughs) over your inner world. And it's a season of Number one, become, being aware. Being aware of your inner world. Whew, thank you, Jesus. You know, because your inner world is where we connect. It's where we connect with the heart of God. It's where we connect with our spirit. It's where we connect with what is true, with what is real, with our union with God. It comes from that place of resting and abiding, a place of connection with God who is the Prince of Peace, who is the source 
that we are called to stay constantly connected to, constantly in, a, in, in communion with, constantly in a place of his presence, practicing, if you will, his presence. Thank you, Lord. You know, the, the, the outside world can get crazy. There's a lot of things that can, can vie for your attention or, gosh, just on the way here tonight, I got rear-ended by somebody at a, at a, at a red light and, you know, then they didn't pull over. They just kept going and, you know, you just, it's funny. I ended up, I didn't know. I was like, what do I do? You know, it's, it was just this, you know, just the point is, is that you just never know what's, you know, what the day is going to bring or what the week is, is going to hold. But we have an anchor for our soul. We have a, we have a place in Christ that we are called to, I mean, not, you know, the world doesn't have this. People that don't know the Lord don't have this. And it's, it's not enough for it to be theory. Whew, this is meant to be an experience, a place that we live and move and have our being. And I just have a, a real sense that this is a, and this is like a, this is like the lesson, <laughs> you know, because where God, God is taking us, where the exploits that have our name on it, you know, that, that, that requires peace. It requires a, an inner world that, that, uh, is governed by the fruit of the spirit, is governed by self-control, is governed if you will, because we're not, we're not blown by every wind of doctrine. We're not blown by X, Y, and Z, you know, that's hitting us all the time. There is a place of stability and he is the rock. There is a place where we can be stable and secure. Whew, thank you, Jesus. That is an incredible promise. Amen. And I just feel like the father is just, um, you know, many times though, it's, it's, as I'm just kind of sitting with this and kind of trying to understand what I'm sensing and what I'm hearing him say. It's, you know, a lot of times we, a lot of us are in like these Peter moments, you know, where you don't realize the instability inside of you until a set of circumstances comes up. And next thing you know, you're denying Jesus three times. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't realize the things that can pull you off track. And so, a lot of times it, it's, a lot of times it's the outward external circumstances that we're going through reveal the instability in our heart. I mean, Peter's name before he was Peter, right? Was Simon. He was a reed, you know, very, very unstable, but Jesus called him a rock. And that's what Jesus is saying over you right now that you are stable. I'm hearing that you are stable. He's calling you stable. He's calling your inner atmosphere that you are secure. You are rooted. You are rooted. That's what I'm hearing. Just rooted. <laughs> you are, you're an oak of righteousness. You are rooted and grounded in the love of God. Whew. That he's, you're growing roots. You know, Psalm 1 talks about the tree that's planted by the streams of the living water. You know, and it, it, the, the whole point there is that it has this place of internal nourishment, a place of, it's a source. There's a source that's coming from the inside, coming from the roots, coming from the, the hidden, the hidden man of the heart. It's, it's a, it's a, it's the deep that calls unto deep. It's the, the spirit 
It's your, the true you. It's the real you. Whew. And when you're planted and you're rooted in Christ and in that stream, right, the, it says that the leaf doesn't wither, right, nor fade. There's nothing, no droughts don't affect it, right? There's nothing externally that's, that's affecting it. It's, it has an internal place of nourishment, an internal place of security. And, you know, there's a, there's a time when I just feel this is such an, such a season for people, just coming out of insecurity, coming out of instability, coming out of the things that are pulling you, uh, your roots, pulling up, pulling you up at the roots. <laughs> and so, Father, I'm just releasing in Jesus' name tonight, just a, a rooting, just a rooting and a grounding and an establishing God. Uh, of, of our real identity, of our true identity, and a, and, and a a living connection, a a moment by moment connection to you as our source. Whew. Every other source, God, we just declare is cut off in Jesus' name. We thank you. You're pruning that mess off <laughs> because you're a gardener. You're a good gardener, Daddy, and you know exactly where to prune. You know exactly where to cut those those things off that aren't producing fruit in our lives. And you know how to establish us and root us in your peace and in your righteousness and in your joy and in an internal atmosphere, God, of just heaven, just heaven, Lord, an internal atmosphere of heaven. And so, Lord, I thank you that we're just going to, we're just being reminded tonight that we are not, we're not reeds. (laughs) We're, we're rocks. We're in, we're in the rock. We live and move and have our being in Jesus Christ, the rock. So we're unmovable and unshakable. And so I don't know what it is that you may be going through at this time, but I just call you stable. I call you secure. I call you established in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that as insecurities come up or things like that come up, Lord, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is right there just revealing the truth that sets free. I thank you that just like with Peter, God, if there's a circumstance that pulls us into fear or pulls us into a place where the inner atmosphere is not one of righteousness, peace, and joy, I thank you that you're revealing what is what is up with that so that we can be set free to abide. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Well, awesome. That's what I kind of felt. It's been a... A minute since I've been here. It was last week. I was in um, D.C. I was actually launching my book, which is now live on Kindle. I think tonight might be the last night you can download it for free on Kindle. We'll still be offering it free on the website. There's a whole campaign that's about to be launched, uh, so make sure we'll get the word out about the book. But that was an interesting trip. I actually had my 50th birthday on Monday, so it was quite the eventful week for me personally. And uh, then we came right back and we're out of town for the, this weekend, just got back in town. So it's just kind of been a little bit of a whirlwind of tour for me to be back. But um, as I was just preparing for tonight, I really was reminded of something that I, I think sometimes we forget. And it's maybe we don't, maybe, maybe you remember, but I, I really felt like it was on the Lord's heart tonight. And so I wanted to teach on it uh, a little bit. Um, and it really was on the subject of prayer. Uh, there's an incredible scripture in James and different 
translations say it different, but in James, uh, let me see, this is a, a, let me just go to the King James because that's the one that I always remember. Then we can read it. We can jump off from there. But you know this one. It just says that um, in verse number 16. Well, we could read it in context. Let's let's read it in context here. It says, um, verse 13, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs or psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And he has, if he's committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults to one another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, avails much. So let me just read it in a couple of other translations here just to kind of, I'm going to hone in on verse 16 here. It says, um, so own up to your sins to one another and pray for one another. In the end, you may be healed. It says your prayers are powerful when they are rooted in a righteous life. That's the voice. Let me read it a different way. Uh, let's read the Passion Translation. It says, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. I like that one. It says, for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Most people kind of stop there. But in verse 17, it actually uh, gives you an example of the tremendous power that comes through uh, pr- the prayers of the righteous. It says here, Elijah was a man with human frailties just like all of us. It says, but he prayed and he received supernatural answers. He actually shut the heavens over the land so there would be no rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again. And the skies opened up over the land so that the rain came and produced the harvest. Now, the interesting thing about Elijah's prayer here, if you go back and actually read the account of Elijah praying, it's kind of interesting because it wasn't like Elijah actually prayed. The reality of it is when you go back and read it, it's I think in 1 Kings, um, and we can, I can look at it here. We can just, I'll just talk about it here for a minute. Um, all he did was just stand there and sit, just made a declaration. He just said, you know, as God is my witness, it's not going to rain for three years. So a lot of times, you know, when we think of prayer, we don't think of just some kind of declaration, but there really is something that I feel like God is trying to tie in tonight, even with this idea of this inner atmosphere and us guarding our hearts and guarding our inner atmosphere. You know, there's kind of two kinds of prayer, if you ask me. There's a whole bunch of different kinds of prayer. My goodness, I used to teach on prayer when I was at Living Word years ago. I was one of the primary intercessory intercessory prayer leaders, and we would do, you know, classes on prayer all the time. And and we'd learn about the different, you know, I'd teach about the different kinds of prayer. And when I 
Uh, a lot of times, you know, people simplify it and say prayer is just talking to God. And you know what? Absolutely, communion with God is prayer. When we sit down with our journals or we we just hang out with Jesus in the shower or, you know, just talking to God is absolutely prayer. But that's not the only kind of prayer. You know, when it talks about the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availing much, it's not so much about the communal prayer, that kind of prayer. It's And it says here, you know, if you're suffering, pray, right? If you're afflicted, pray. The point is, is that prayer changes the atmosphere. It changes things, not only externally, like it did with Elijah when he said don't rain, but it also changes things internally, right? So it's an atmosphere shifter, not just a communing with God, although that's amazing, but there is something about prayer that will help you if you're afflicted. (laughs) Matter of fact, it'll heal you if you're sick. It, 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 It will cause rain to stop and there to be a drought over the land. I mean, this is the power of prayer. And so many times we forget about the simple power of prayer. And we will, we'll worry. We'll, we'll talk about a problem. We'll fret. We'll, we'll suffer under a internal atmosphere of whatever it may be, depression or, uh, confusion or worry. Or, or some any other kind of manifestation internally that is not the fruit of the spirit, or that is not righteousness, right? And we just we kind of sit under that. But we have an incredible thing at our disposal called prayer, <laughs> and prayer changes things. You know, one of the most important things I ever learned to do was to pray. What do you mean, Shalise, you learned to pray? I absolutely learned to pray. And what I mean by that is, is I learned to pray where you actually had results. Prayer without results is not effectual. I mean, it says effectual prayer. It means that if it affects things. Tremendous power, it affects things, right? But what kind of prayer is that? I mean, first of all, let's talk about it. I mean... Knowing the word of God is one of the most powerful gifts (laughs) that you can give to yourself. And not just knowing the word of God. Let me say it this way, because it's not just any word of God you know, right? It's the word of God for the specific thing that you're dealing with. Now, let me start by saying an understanding of the gospel is one of the most important things that you can do in prayer. Because when you pray, you are praying from a place post-cross, post-resurrection. We are praying from a place of victory. We are praying from a place where Jesus has defeated anything and everything that was a part of the curse. He has defeated anything and everything that is not in heaven. And when he said, Father, we pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. (laughs) The point is, is that as believers, we get to pray heaven on earth. We get to pray from this side of the cross. 
So, for example, the reason why the prayer of faith heals the sick, it's because the prayer of faith understands the power of the name of Jesus. The prayer of faith understands what Jesus has accomplished as it relates to sickness and disease. And so the prayer of faith means (laughs) that I know (laughs) the will of God for this person is healing. And the prayer of faith for any situation is the prayer that is effectual. And so it means that you must know what Jesus accomplished. You must know what belongs to you in Christ. And when you are afflicted, let's say that you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with confusion, all right? Well, life in the kingdom is righteousness, joy, and peace. So an effectual prayer in that moment is to speak against those things. For example, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Amen. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So in the name of Jesus, confusion go. I just say, just right now, let there be light. Thank you, Jesus. You've been made unto us wisdom. I thank you that I have the wisdom I need. Confusion is not my portion. And so it's not that you're even necessarily a lot of times, like Elisha did in prayer, asking God to do anything. You're simply affirming and enforcing what God has already done in the name of Jesus. You know, a lot of times we're asking God to do something in prayer that he's already done. And your prayer life changes when you understand what Jesus Christ has done. It becomes a prayer of enforcing the kingdom in Jesus' name, of releasing the kingdom. You know, a lot of times I'll just speak this over someone. Father, I just release the jurisdiction of heaven over this situation. And then I just began to decree and declare what the word of God says about that situation. And in order to do that, it means that you, you, you've got to have an understanding of the gospel. You've got to have an understanding of the word. But it is worth your time. Because in prayer, there is tremendous power that yields supernatural results. I mean, I, there is, I don't have enough time to tell you the situations that we have seen, I personally have seen victory in prayer from people who, I mean, I'll just tell you one time, I was praying for a guy who had literally lost his mind, had locked himself into his apartment, was taking uh, the baseboards apart in his apartment, was hearing voices constantly, thought that there were people in his head that were... uh telling him, controlling him, telling him what to do. And I remember I just told a friend of mine, I said, you know what? We're going to pray for seven days for this person. I don't even know why I picked seven days. I just picked it. Sound like a good number, number of completion. Figured if God can create the earth in seven days, he can deal, do something about this in seven days. And I said, we're just going to pray. And we just said, let's, let's pick a time every single day. We're going to pray for 15 minutes every single day for this person. Right? Do you know how much, I mean, when's the last time we, 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 we made a commitment like that? Like we, we've got a, we've got a situation that is illegal in someone's life or something that's going on in someone's life. And we're literally gonna, we're gonna pray like we actually mean business. 
Like Jesus Christ has actually been raised from the dead. <laughs> like his name actually is the name above every other name. And that he is seated at the right hand of God, far above powers and principalities and rulers. And he is who he actually says he is. And oh, by the way, we're seated in him. So that makes us powerful as well. The same spirit that we, you know, and we just, you just, you just draw a line in the sand and say, no, it's not happening. Not on my watch. And so we just prayed like for 15 minutes. And, you know, we, I, I don't even really remember what we prayed. We just prayed the word. We just said, no, in Jesus name. We, and who knows when you begin, when you get into prayer, that's the powerful thing about the Holy Spirit is that you don't even have to, at the times when you really get into it, you don't even really remember what you said. Because you'll get, you know, a minute into it and the Holy Spirit will just begin to speak through you. He'll begin to, to, to remind you of scriptures. You didn't even realize you knew or you heard one time or something, you know, and you'll just start speaking things out. And, and, you know, we did that for, for, I think we like five days into it, totally came out of it. Right. It is right mind, totally came out of it. One example, I mean, there's people, I, I, I just feel this tonight. There's people with family situations. There's, uh, there's just situations in every single, we know someone, at least one person <laughs> right now that is going through something that is not right. Jesus died so that they didn't have to experience that. And I feel like the message tonight is that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And if you aren't praying about it, what are, what are we doing? Are we worrying about it? Are we gossiping about it? Are we talking about it? No, prayer. And it is, it is a, it's a mature thing to pray. You know, sometimes it's easier to pick up the phone and call someone and actually just talk about it or, or it's easier to complain about it. But you are, you are an answer to someone's prayer because you, you can pray. And so this is a call to prayer. And not, it's, this isn't religious. This isn't like, this is about sonship. This is about, and it says, those who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. This is about you, uh, it's about you being the solution. It's about you being a kingdom carrier. I mean, I, I've shared this testimony before too, and it's not, you know, sometimes it's just, we need, we need heaven's strategy. We need heaven's strategy. I mean, I know I'm praying for, for situations right now that I'm not necessarily seeing the breakthrough over. And I, I prayed the other day. I, man, my whole prayer the other day was, Lord, I thank you. We've got your strategy. You're not a respecter of persons and you've got wisdom for every situation. And you said, hey, ask. So I'm asking for the strategy. You know, I, by the next morning I woke up and all the strategy was, hey, call this person. They're going to worship them, worship over that person in prayer. I mean, it was, it was a very clear instruction. Sometimes the instruction is not a natural instruction, right? I mean, they told Joshua, walk around the walls seven times. I mean, God told me one time to dance on my bills. I mean, he may tell you to do something totally silly. He might say, go get a stick and stand up on the top of the wood pile and shake it at the heavens four times and break the power of darkness. I mean, I don't know what he's going to tell. I mean, but the point is, is that we have connection. We have connection and we are not, we're not at the mercy. <laughs> we're not at the mercy of the world system. We're not at the mercy of external things. 
And if you're not in a place to pray, well, then you know what? You need to pray to get in a place to pray. You pray to pray. You pray so that you're in a place to pray. If you don't know what to pray, open your mouth and pray in the spirit. Amen. I'm telling you, the battleground is for is for for the for the power that you already possess. It is to keep you from remembering who you are, remembering what you've been given, and using your authority through the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome. You are more than a conqueror through him, through him. And power is that, when you when you pray, you're connecting to that power. You know, and it's funny, when I've taught people, you know, I've, I've taught so many things, prayer for the sick, so many things over the years. And, you know, when I, when I start, and I still believe in, I mean, I believe in all the things that I did, but, you know, at the end of the day, I've learned. <laughs> I've learned to not move without specific instructions. There's a lot of times, you know, I'll be, I'll be, uh, faced with a situation, but you know, there, this is way too big for me. Like I don't have any, I mean, I don't, this is not an, I can't counsel this. I, this is too big for me. I don't know how to, I don't know how to deal with this. This is a God sized problem, right? I mean, when this guy was tearing up his apartment, that was a God sized problem. What am I, what am I going to do about that? I mean, what am I, what am I going to do? Call, who am I, who are you going to call, right? There's no ghost bus, Holy ghost busters. You know, we're the Holy ghost busters. Right? And so I've learned to just not panic. I've learned, like, if you don't have the answer, then don't move. Just sit with it. And I feel like that's a lot of people, too. It's like there's pressure. There's that pressure to move. The enemy's always trying to pressure you to do something. You know, Jesus waited three days before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He was not willing to be pressured by the outward circumstances. And I've, I've shared this testimony before. I remember... Uh, this was a a kid whose father was over in a coma over in the Middle East. And I remember we were having a a staff meeting and somebody came in and shared this. And, you know, your first inclination is to drop everything and pray. But the truth of the matter is I had prayed before the meeting. And I had a very clear agenda for the meeting. And you think, well, a meeting agenda is not more important than someone in a life and death situation in the Middle East. But you know what? God is not panicked. (laughs) Let me say this again. God is not panicked. He's not panicked over your situation. He is not panicked over your family situation. He is not panicked over your, who, over your finances. He is not panicked over your health. He is not panicked in Jesus' name. And we don't have to panic. I remember, I'm going to tell this story, and I'll remember, uh, remind me, I'm going to hope that that's going to stay there, because sometimes I go off and I forget it. But, you know, I, I just remember, I just felt like this resolve inside of me. Like, I know the good Christian thing to do is to break out in a prayer meeting right now. You know, but I was like, no, I, we're not going to let, it was almost like, I'm, no, we're not going to let, God had an agenda, and we're going to follow his agenda, even if it doesn't make sense. Now, afterward, I remember thinking, gosh, I am a bad Christian. I mean, surely, I mean, do I have no compassion? Like, what's wrong with me? You know, Jesus was moved with compassion. That's something to think about, too. Like, we actually, like, what's human compassion versus compassion from God? You know, we can feel bad and sorry, and it's almost like that That does something. Well, no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> Us feeling bad about something, you know, doesn't. I mean, it might comfort the person that 
you know, we're, we're comforting them feeling what they're feeling, but it isn't necessarily going to change anything. And I remember, you know, just saying, okay, Lord, you know, whatever you have. And I woke up the next morning and you probably heard me tell the story, but it was just so powerful. I mean, I didn't even get out of bed. I just texted to someone because I saw, uh, it was my ministry partner at the time. And I saw God showed me she was going to go into prayer like a, it was like a trance. She was just going to go into prayer and it looked like she went into a trance and in the spirit, she walked in over into the Middle East, into this hospital room, and she went over, breathed on the guy, and said, live. And he woke up. I just texted this and said, this is your miracle. You know, a lot of times we're also thinking it's my responsibility to pray for everything. You know, but for whatever reason, this wasn't, this was, this was the instruction. And so later that day, sure enough, she goes into prayer, goes in just exactly like I'd said it. Except when she gets to the hospital room in the spirit, she senses something at the door. She turns around. Jesus is standing at the door of the hospital room, comes and steps right into her. And so now it's, they, Jesus walks over to the man, breathes on him, says live. And she knew by the spirit he was going to wake up in three days. Three days later he woke up. So what's the point there? No panic. No panic. Like, I know it may, the pressure, it may seem like a ton of pressure. I mean, sometimes it's prayer just to get the pressure off. Amen? That's why, that's sometimes why I think Jesus was sleeping. Sometimes the best spiritual warfare is just to take a nap. Sometimes the pressure is so intense. To get you to speak, to get you to, to, to move, to get you to, to act out of fear, to act out of anxiety, to act out of worry. And so I, I just, I don't know, there's something here too, that there's a prayer, there's a prayer that avails, there's a prayer for your situation, there's a prayer that you're called to pray in this hour for someone, something, just, I want you to hear me tonight. And then I I just, you know, it's like a rhetorical question, sometimes I feel like I hear the podcasters asking me questions right now, so wherever this is, this is for you, well, how do we know what to pray? Um, You know, when I, when I sit, a lot of times, it's kind of interesting, I've trained prophetic prayer teams for a long, long time. And I've never met someone who, before they really learned to pray prophetically, and I'll explain what that is in a moment, who thought they could do it before they did it. And I've also never met someone who, once I sat them down and it's like, okay, you're going to pray for this person, wasn't able to do it. So we all, we all, first of all, we all have the Holy Spirit. I mean, in Romans 8, it says that the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And so because our minds don't know what to pray, that's totally fine. We can start out, I mean, it's not, it's not, we're not trying to pray our will. We're just, we're just connecting with God. We're wanting to, Father, we're going to speak what you speak. So a lot of times there's really two options on how you want to start. Well, there's probably three, depending on how much practice you've had. I mean, the, the first one is always just to pray in the Spirit. You don't know what to pray, just pray in the Spirit. You know, but let me say this. A lot of times people pray in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, it says in 1 Corinthians 14 that our mind is unfruitful, that our spirit prays. And Paul said, you know, I'll pray with my mind, I'll, with my understanding, I'll pray with my spirit. So, you know, it's what do you mean praying the Spirit? I'm, I'm talking about praying in tongues. And if you don't do that or you, you don't understand that, well, you know what? Email us at info at shalice.com. We'll, we'll get somebody on the phone and we'll explain it and we'll make sure that you uh, receive it because praying in the Spirit is a powerful 
powerful prayer because you are, you're, you're getting your mind out of the way. You're actually praying the wisdom of God that you don't know. And it's powerful. I remember when I first started praying in the spirit, I mean, I didn't know any scripture. I didn't know Jill from Jack, up from down. I didn't know anything. I just prayed in the spirit. And you know what? Things began to supernaturally align in my mouth. It was like, in my life, it was like, probably in my mouth too. But, you know, it's like, next thing you know, you're meeting this person over here, meeting this person over here. I mean, it's just divine circumstances, coincidences, right? Quote, unquote, began to happen. So praying in the spirit. But let me say this, don't stop there. Because in 1 Corinthians 14, it also says, if you read the chapter there, it talks about that Paul said, pray that you may interpret. And you're like, what? Yeah, pray that you may interpret. When you pray in the spirit, I mean, matter of fact, we've got someone here tonight who, you know, had this dream and came and said, can you give me the interpretation of the dream? And I totally, you know, I can connect with that and probably give somebody an interpretation of a dream. But, you know, about rarely will God do, he'll usually give me the interpretation of a dream about 20% of the time. Because really part of my anointing is helping people grow in their intimacy with God. 80% of the time, he tells me, you know what? I want to give the interpretation to them. The same person that gave you the dream can actually explain it to you. The problem is we don't either have the confidence that we can hear or we don't know how to hear. So I told, I tell them, you know what? Pray in the spirit, get a journal out, pray over the dream, receive the interpretation of the, of your, what you're praying and just begin to write. You're like, Shlisa, I don't know how to interpret the tongues. I was like, well, no one knows. It's not like we're translating. No one knows how to interpret tongues. What we, what we receive is a, it's an impression. It's, it's thoughts. They're inspired thoughts, and you just begin to write them down. You, you don't, you don't, you kind of get your mind out of it because it's your spirit, and your it's thoughts that are originating from the from the heart of God, from 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 God. And so you just begin to write. You'd be amazed at how easy this is to do. Another thing I'll do, you know, when I counsel people, I rarely counsel people. I mean, I may give them a little bit here and there, but most of the time, what I say is, you need to journal about that. And when you get your answer in the journal, I'll be happy to read it. I'll be happy to hear what you have to say. And I'll be happy to tell you if that bears witness with me that that came from God. But the most important, valuable thing that we can develop is communication with God. Because that's, I mean, his answer, his His answer brings the breakthrough. What he's speaking over a situation, I mean, that's... It's a powerful thing. So begin by praying in the, in the spirit and words may come up. And as you get a word, speak it out. Freedom, deliverance, make it a scripture, speak it out. Right? You may, you may get an inspired imagination. Well, what is that, Shalise? Well, that's just an, a vision, internal vision that you get. You may see something to pray. Like, for example, when I saw with the, with the kid's dad that was over in Iraq, I literally woke up. I was kind of in that dream state and I just saw my friend go into the room and pray and breathe. I just, it was just like a little movie picture in my imagination. And Father, I just release an openness to that and I release a, an increase of that in people's lives. If this is something they've never experienced before, or if it's something they're, they, they aren't doing regularly, <laughs> right? So you start by praying in the spirit and you're like, if, okay, another great way to start. That's just one way. Another great way to start is literally by speaking the word, you know, a, for years, for years, when I woke up in the morning and I would take a shower, 
I'd had this encounter with God because I had been raised in so much religion. I'd been raised, you know, just guilt. It was almost like just guilt was normal. <laughs> you know, you just, you just thought about all, all the ways you messed up all the time. You know, you just, you just were constantly, if the devil wouldn't condemn you, you were condemning you. <coughs> and I remember, excuse me, just going through a time where, where God was just renewing my mind to what it meant to be righteous <coughs> in Christ. And what it meant to be holy because you were in Christ. Not based on your performance, not based on anything that you did. Just based on the fact that you were crucified with Christ. That he was, it's a mystical thing that happened. Romans 6 says we were crucified with him, we were buried with him, we were raised with him. We ascended with him. I mean, there is this this identification with Jesus that is the gospel, right? And it's not logical, necessarily. I wasn't even born when Jesus was crucified, you know, and so, but it's this identity that we have through identifying with Jesus. And so it was a time when I was just really, really getting this established in my subconscious mind so that I, my, my real identity was who I was relating with and with myself. And so prayer was a big part of that. Uh, What do you mean, Shalise? It means that, and this is what I'm saying about when you are afflicted or when you have an internal you're dealing with confusion or anxiety or worry. One of the most powerful ways to start in prayer is to speak the word of God. And a lot of times before you pray for somebody else, you might need to pray for you. You might need to remind you of who you are because it's the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. And so it's as simple as this. Father, I thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me. I thank you, Father, that I am complete in Christ. I thank you that, um, and you just begin to speak identity scriptures over yourself, right? I thank you that I am holy and I am blameless in his sight. I thank you that there is no accusation that can stand against me. Who will accuse me when Christ has acquitted me? Right? I thank you that I'm washed in the blood. I thank you that as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Right? I thank you that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right? I abide in the vine. I have the mind of Christ. I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. You know, and it's just a, just a, re, you just begin to remind yourself. And I remember for, it was a, it was a while. I mean, that every day I got up and I would just, because I was just kind of like, I don't care if you feel guilty. (laughs) I don't care if you feel depressed. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You've been washed in the blood and you are a son. You are an heir. (laughs) You're a joint heir with Jesus. You are, you are royal priesthood, right? You, you, and I just would just remind, and a a lot of times we forget or we haven't heard or we don't know. And, you know, you're going to pray for someone else and you're struggling with your own identity. So that's a, that's a great way to start. Just begin by reminding yourself, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Christ is in me, the hope of glory. You just begin and, you know, get this, get some scriptures and just begin to speak those over yourself. Pretty soon you will feel faith coming into your feet. 
And, and it's going to come up your feet. Then it's going to hit your knees and your legs. It's going to strengthen those feeble knees of yours. You're going to get a backbone and you're going to stand up and be like, who is the devil to mess with me? Who is the devil to mess with my friend? Who is the devil to mess with my finances, my family, my body in Jesus name? By his stripes, I'm healed. Get out of my way, devil in Jesus name. Everywhere the sole of my foot shall tread. That is the land that God's given unto me. I am highly favored. This is the year of the acceptable year of the Lord in Jesus name. And you just, next thing you know, you're just, spouting out all kinds of power, right? So praying in the spirit with the interpretation, getting an imagination from God, speaking the word, right? Here's the thing, stay in, we've been talking on this almost all year, you know, staying spiritually minded is the battle here. To be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And there is so much power in your words and you are more powerful than you've imagined i mean when, when when the word says that the same spirit that raised up jesus from the dead it's not just a good idea it's not just like a theory like this is real but it it will only manifest to number one the extent you remember it <laughs> wow and then the extent that you believe it I mean, what if you just took a whole year, this is just a side project, and just meditated as the same spirit that raised up Jesus. I'm getting, I'm getting drunk in the spirit just talking about it. That the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. It is impossible to be a victim when you are connected to that truth. It is impossible to stay under a situation when you are connected to this truth. The problem is that it's really easy to get disconnected from the truth. It's easy to get up and look at yourself in the morning and think, hey, I've been living with you for a really long time and you've got got some issues. But it's not according to your righteousness. It's not according to who you are in the flesh. It's according to who you are in Christ. And so I just just feel there's a prayer that hasn't been prayed. that is about to be prayed through you that is going to move mountains, that is going to shake foundations, that is going to transform situations, that is going to heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. Why not? Thank you, Jesus. In D.C., I got an Uber. I I got to go meet a, a friend that I hadn't seen in 25 years from college. And I got an Uber there and an Uber back. And I just prophesied over these Uber dudes the whole way there and the whole way back. They were so messed up. They didn't know one dude got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost before I got out of the Uber on the way back. You know? And I, why? I just made a decision. You know? I don't know why. I just decided. It's a kind of a long drive. I thought, this is a divine connection, God. You're going to bring an Uber person that needs something today. You're going to bring someone that, that needs to hear from you. And there's the great thing about when you water, you know, those who waters gets watered. It's an awesome thing when you, when you make your focus prayer. Not just prayer for yourself, but prayer for others. Because here's the thing. As you pray, you'll be amazed at the kind of breakthroughs that you will experience as you're praying or prophesying or ministering for, to someone else. 
It's so easy to get so self-absorbed and so easy to get caught up in our own little world and what's going on in our, our situation. But you begin to pray. I mean, even when I, I remember this, when I was an altar minister and I prayed for people, do you know that um, nine times out of ten, the people that would come up that would ask me, you know, there's a line. So, it, you know, you'd get the random person in line. And I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, the person that would come to me for prayer was something that I could have asked them for prayer about. So here I was praying for someone else the very thing that I need prayer for. And that is not a coincidence. When you water, you are watered. And so when you begin to pray for, whew, I feel that. Revelation is going to come for your situation as you are praying for others. Thank you, Jesus. I felt that. I felt that. And it may be as simple as just calling someone that you haven't talked to or maybe you talk to all the time. It may be going home and asking your spouse or asking your kids or Asking a friend and just say, what can I pray for you for? What do you need prayer for? And maybe just as simple as request, you know, just a simple, there's, 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 a, I didn't plan this tonight. I just sat with the Lord and he said, I want you to just talk about the power of prayer. Whew, thank you, Jesus. And it's a, it's a, it's a prayer from a place of knowing who you are. It's a prayer that is, the wisdom of God in that situation. Hallelujah. Oh, I forgot this part on my trip. I wasn't really going to go. I mean, if anybody's listened to this, it just was my process. I, you know, I'd gone, I'd been gone for spring break. I'd gone to Chicago in March. I was just, honestly, I'm not, I'm not like super hip at this season of my life with my children at the ages that they are, just traveling all the time. It's, I mean, I traveled nonstop in my 20s. The glamour of it is not that glamorous to me. Um, it's a long day. I mean, it's a day of travel to go to D.C. and back from here. I ended up going in a day early just so I wouldn't be exhausted and leaving the next, just, you know, it's like a whole thing. Well, so, but I heard the Lord. Like, I really wasn't going to go. It's expensive. You know, I thought I I'm going to launch the book here. You know, we have our launch event, do all that. But I felt like the Lord told me, he said, you know, you're not going for me. You're not going for you. You're, go, you're going, I'm, I, I'm, I'm bringing you there for others. And um, it was interesting because we, we went to, I went to dinner with five other different authors Monday night when I was there. And of the five, there were probably, there were five of us, so four others and me, one other professing believer. Um, the others had tarot card readers and Reiki, I don't even know what all they had. Reiki, I don't know how to say it. Reiki, whatever. They had a whole bunch of all kinds of stuff going on. And it just nonchalantly came up at dinner that someone's astrologist or something had said something over the, you know, something that had happened. And I said, you know, I can do that. And they looked at me like, you can do what? Well, I, it's prophecy, but I can do that. I, they're like, what do you mean? Like right now? I'm like, oh yeah, anytime, anywhere. I can do that right now. They're like, well, will you do it? Will you do it? Right. They got all excited. Right. And so I spent about 15 to 20 minutes going around the table, prophesying over each single point of the people. And it was really, you know, and it's, it's powerful for them. I mean, it's really, you know, just, they just don't even know what to do with it, kind of. 
But it's, let me say this, it's also really powerful for you. It's an incredible thing when you, you know, I think the reason I even have as much faith probably as I do today is because of all of the ministry I've actually done. (laughs) You know, I learned how to pray for the sick by praying for the sick. Every time I prayed for some, whether they got healed or not, I learned something. Every time you pray for someone or every time you speak over someone or every time you minister to someone, you, the heart of God is revealed to you. You get something out of it. You, you all of a sudden see the way God sees people. You see the way it, it's an incredible experience. And you know, so I ended up, I guess my trip was just a, I don't know, just a prophetic ministry trip for me. And you don't know how God's going to use that. I mean, it, you know, the guy in the cab, you know, gave his life to the Lord and got filled with the Spirit. But it's not like you always see, you know, I don't always, I don't have an agenda necessarily. Like I just, my agenda is whatever Jesus has. So it's not like I have this agenda that everybody's got to come to the Lord after one dinner. You know, it's more just love them where they're at. God, what's your agenda? But I guess what, what am I saying here? I'm, I'm pulling you into this place. <laughs> Even when the lady hit me today. Took off. I mean, I I chased her down. I was like, "Well, what do I do? Because I don't know if my car's all messed up. Do I call nine one one anyway?" Finally, she pulls over. Right. Well, she is like livid. She'd flip me off. She was really mad, you know. And I rolled down my window. I'm thinking, you know, these days you don't know if someone's going to shoot you. You don't really know, you know. I mean, it's we live in crazy times. So I kind of rolled down my window. She's kind of yelling at me, and I was just like, "Ma'am, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to argue with you or whatever." And she's kind of screaming at me. She rear-ended me, but she's screaming at me, and she's like, there's no damage to your car, no damage to my car, we're just going home or whatever. And it was funny, at the very end of it, I mean, I didn't know where it was going to go, but I said, you know, if there's no damage to our cars, maybe this is a divine appointment. I said, is there something I can pray for you for? Like, what's going, you know, is there something? And she was like so mad, she was so livid. She just was like, well, I'm religious too. And, you know, she got in her car and drove off. But you know what I did when I got in my car? I prayed for her. I said, Lord, I don't know what she needs, but I know you do. And I, I'm just, I, I'm going to believe that was a divine, I mean, I'm going to believe, who? That girl needs prayer. And so we're going to just pray right now. Father, I thank you for, didn't even get her name, but I thank you, Lord, that you know every hair on her head. You know every single thing about her and whatever the situation that is keeping her up at night, Father, whatever the thing is that is going on in her body, Father, the thing that has got her terrified and really questioning whether you are real. Father, she may know of you, but I'm not sure that she knows you intimately, God, but I thank you that she's about to have encounters like she's never had before. I thank you that you're about to show up in her dreams, God. I break off every demonic assignment of her life, God. I take authority over things that have been tormenting her since her childhood in Jesus' name, and I release right now the power of the Holy Spirit in her life, God. You delivered me in a dream. You cast out devils one time when I was sleeping, and so, Lord, I just release that anointing over her life right now. I declare where there's been affliction that there is now affection. (laughs) And I thank you, God, that today was a divine appointment with her, whether she was mad or sad or whatever, Lord. I just release heaven. I release heaven. I release your goodness. I release your mercy. I release your grace. I release your, your power. I release all of you, all that you've got into her life. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. And so isn't that just a complete different way to live? And I get that's, again, I didn't come even, wasn't even thinking about that when I, when I started talking tonight. 
But I'm telling you, there is, you, you are, you're being, you're positioned. You're positioned to pray for something, for someone, and you are going to have to pray. I feel like that, like the breakthrough. How many of you are in a breakthrough time? Like I need a breakthrough in one, at least one area. I've got a breakthrough that I need, right? Is anybody, everybody here tonight? Yeah. If not, you're thinking too small, right? We better, you better get some bigger dreams or something, right? A breakthrough. It's breakthrough. We need a breakthrough. A higher level. Amen. I mean, I, I'm so determined. We're not, I'm not going to end up at the end of the year where I came into the new, you know, no breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Whew, well, this, it's, let's, we're going to pray. Father, we thank you. It's breakthrough time. We thank you that we've got the mind of Christ, that there is an upgrade that you are doing in our thinking right now, God, that this, ex, that this external breakthrough is an internal breakthrough. And that's why you're even talking to us about our internal world, God, because we are, you are, whew, you are teaching us to govern. You are teaching us to govern in Jesus name, to take dominion. To be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, God. You are teaching us how to live as sons, how to walk as giants, God. How to, how to take land, God. How to, how to tend a garden. <laughs> how to, how to have a metron of authority and influence, God. And how to, how to possess eternal life. You're, you're showing us, God, that it's not enough to know about it. It's time to possess it. And Father, we, we just receive it. We receive, and we receive the missing links, <laughs> whatever those missing links are, God, whatever the, whatever the, the little misfiring in our thinking is, God, whatever the glitch is in Jesus' name, we call it healed. <laughs> we call an upgrade. We call an upgrade. And right now we declare renewed minds, Father. We declare lies replaced with truth. <laughs> we declare visions of victory. I said it earlier, just visions of victory, God. You're showing us the future. You're giving us imagination that are casting down wicked imaginations. You're, you're taking the broken records off the record player, God, that the, these things that have just been playing in our minds, these low-level thoughts, God, you're taking that, you're replacing that, Father, with your thoughts. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, God, but we, we're thinking those thoughts now. We're thinking those thoughts now. Thank you that we hear your voice really loud. I'm just going to release that, God. I, I declare we hear your voice. It's loud. You're, it's like the call of the good shepherd for the sheep that's heading in the wrong direction. Get back here. You know, just loud, Lord. We just hear your voice loud. I've heard what you've been speaking to me, Father, and I know you're doing the same for others. And, Father, sometimes when you first start speaking it, you know, we may not even agree with it yet. You just keep speaking it, though, Father. You don't, you don't, 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 it, when we get, when our, when our, when our thinking gets loud or our emotions get in the way, God, I think you're breaking through that. Woo, in Jesus' name. You're tapping us on the shoulder and being like, hey, stop that. Stop that stinking thinking. Stop it in Jesus' name. Here's what, here's what's the truth. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Thank you that you are exposing the light on the root beliefs, God, on the, on the plants that the heavenly father has not planted, God, and you're rooting that mess up. Whew, in Jesus name. And you're, you're planting the truth. You're planting, you're planting in our hearts, God, the word, the truth that sets us free, God. And we're experiencing it. We're experiencing. It's exploding in our heart, God. Revelation, 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 revelation. Whoo. And we're being obedient, Father. We're taking steps of obedience. 
And Father, you, you're, you, I feel that you're asking us to pray. You're at, and here's what I heard. Pray in the cray cray. <laughs> you know, cray cray, right? Cray cray is when it's crazy. Pray when it feels cray cray. Pray in the cray cray. Whoo! Pray. That's what I hear. Just pray. I don't know what to pray. Well, pray in the spirit. I don't know how to pray in the spirit. Well, worship. Get a verse. Say something. Amen. Open up your mouth and praise Jesus. Amen. Magnify the Lord. What did I write the other day? I heard him. This is such a fight for focus. Whoo! Hallelujah. Such a fight for focus. This is a fight for focus. In Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says to lay aside all the weights and the sin that does so easily weigh you down, right? And distractions, it says in the Amplified Version. And look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. And sometimes a focus is a, is a man, you, it's like focus on Jesus. I heard Mark Verkler teach on the four keys to hearing God's voice. Great book, great teaching. If, if you would you know, are not a regular at hearing God's voice. He gives a book. He's got it all over the place. But, you know, he has little four keys. And the first key is like to be still. And that means your inner atmosphere is out of control, right? It's the cray-cray, right? But you be still. And then the second one is to look to Jesus. That means get a holy, just, just and you know, vision him walking on the water. See Jesus on the cross. See Jesus coming out of the tomb. You know, open up the Gospels and... Read a story about Jesus and imagine Jesus. The point is look to Jesus until you can see Jesus. And then you know what? When you can see Jesus, guess what? You can see his mouth. But focus, focus on Jesus and then just expect the the thoughts to begin to flow. You know, I, I love what Graham Cook says. Every battle is a battle for intimacy. It's a battle to stay connected to God. It's a battle to hear his voice. It's a battle for heaven's strategy. It's a battle to not get panicked. It's a battle to not act out of the same old stupid thinking that got you in the situation in the first place, right? Einstein says that you're not going to, I mean, this is Einstein. It's not even, you know, Apostle Paul. But, you know, Einstein said that, that you can't solve a problem at the same level it was created. Right? It means you gotta get up to another level. And there is a level of flow. There's a level of, of being with God and, and hearing these thoughts. And prayer is the, is a link into that. Thank you, Lord, for just answers. But it's a fight for focus. It's a fight for focus. I'm just gonna look at what I, I was just thinking through some things today. And let me see if anything's worth mentioning when I was putting it down. See what I wrote. See if anything's good. Sometimes it's good. No, this is kind of an interesting thought. But here, let me say the focus part. Focus on Jesus. Focus on who you are in Christ. And then I wrote down, so focus on Jesus. Focus on who you are in Christ. Then I wrote down, focus on who you are becoming. Or focus on whatever the breakthrough looks like. Focus as though it's already, see yourself. I mean, see it finished. Focus. Focus on it as though, huh, that is a word from God right there. Sorry, I got to scream. That's a word from Lord, right? Focus. I mean, he told Abraham, go outside, look at the stars, go look at the sand, change your name, Abraham. You're a father of nations. I know it's impossible. I know it looks bad. I know you got some issues. You're old but you're still who I say you are. 
Focus. And he says you're strong in faith, giving glory to God. He focused. Right? It says Jesus despised the shame. It says, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Hebrews 12.3. Right? So guess what? Jesus had to focus. He had to focus. He could choose his focus. Focus on the shame and the, the cross and all the blah. Focus on the victory. Focus on the victory. Focus on what you're becoming, Jesus. Focus on what's coming. Focus on, on, on the victory. It's a fight for focus. And I feel prayer is, prayer is a, a focus shifter. It's a focus shifter. And what if we walked around just, I mean, this is just a thought. I mean, because it's all perspective. I mean, we're just a shift of perspective away. We know this. I mean, I've been reading, you know, I really like this guy. Um, oh, what's his name? Victor Frankel. You know, we hear a lot about some of the fathers in, in different, you know, psychology, Freud and Jung and stuff. But Frankel, he was a survivor of the Holocaust. And he was this very powerful man who survived because of his mindset. And he has this whole philosophy about how significance and meaning are really the driver. I mean, Freud talks about how it's like, you know, everything's like a sexual something, right? Jung's about the ego, but this guy was about significance and meaning. But my point is, is that he endured the Holocaust because of what he chose to focus on. And so the fight for focus is everything. And it's very easy to get distracted. It's very easy to, it's very easy to focus on the past. It's very easy when you're, when you're going into a new thing or going into a new territory or into a new level to just look in the rearview mirror the whole time. But nobody drives forward looking in the rearview mirror the whole time. I mean, you might glance, right? I mean, honestly, I think that's probably part of why the lady hit me in the back because I wasn't looking in my rearview mirror. I was, right? Focus, focus, focus on where you're going. And prayer is a sh- prayer was will shift your focus back. Speaking the word of God will remind you of who you are, will remind you of who God is. It will remind you of what is real. And let me say this, you aren't doing it because you feel like it. Prayer is not something you do when you feel like it. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. It's not a religious duty. It's a privilege. And it is a, it's like, what am I trying to think about this? It's like, <clears throat> I'm just going to say this for example. I mean, this is just a simple, silly analogy. But you know how Wonder Woman, when I was growing up, I didn't have this in the Wonder Woman movie. But in the, in the series growing up, Wonder Woman had this invisible plane. Like it was so cool, the invisible plane. Well, prayer's not an invisible plane, but it's kind of like that. <laughs> You know, and like, if you had this invisible plane and you think, oh, I got to fly the invisible plane, you know, like, oh, I don't want to, you know, but this invisible plane is like, 
the coolest thing. It will take you higher, it's, but it's invisible. But the point is, it's a, that's the coolest thing ever. Like, it's the most powerful thing ever. So it's not a religious duty. This is like, oh my gosh, like this is the, this is supernat, this is how I'm supernatural. But it's not because you feel like it. Actually, the fact that you don't feel like it is one of the most important red flags. It's like, well, this is the indicator on my dash of my vehicle that I need to pray. I think a lot of times believers think that we're going to get, I don't know, natural results. No. How many of you know the Israelites, they didn't take the promised land naturally? I mean, Jesus, what does a son do? A son does the same thing that, I mean, this is, this is a supernatural operation that you're involved in. And it's according to our faith. It's according to, whew, it's a supernatural advancement. And let me say this too. This is for somebody. Part of the problem is that you always feel sorry for yourself. And God is breaking, he's breaking victim. He's breaking this victim mentality and he's, he's releasing a victor mentality. And it may, doesn't mean that you maybe weren't a victim. You haven't, I mean, I don't know anybody that hasn't been victimized at least once. We live in a fallen world. But you are in Christ and you are more powerful than your most powerful imagination. Who? thank you, Lord. And so, Father, I come into agreement with that right now, Lord. I just thank you that you are breaking victim mentalities right now. It's like poverty. Breaking that too. Breaking that mess off of us. And I thank you, Father, that you are teaching us who we are. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I just call everyone within the sound of my voice, Father, a mountain mover. A mountain mover. And I thank you, Lord, that doubt is out. No more doubt. No more self-doubt. No more God-doubt. <laughs> it's out. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Well, if I was going to write down anything from tonight... I think I'd write down these few things. It's a fight for focus. Um, I think I'd, I'd, I'd write down that this is an internal battle, first and foremost. And that as we get the victory internally, we'll see the victory externally. And that prayer... is the power, is the connection to the power source that we've been lacking.
potentially, that there's a prayer. There's a prayer. And I even feel like God's, you know, he'll give you some instructions. Maybe we, you know, maybe when you get up in the morning, you get in the shower, maybe you do need to speak the word over yourself. Maybe you need to establish some routines. You know, I got my, oh, this is totally a side note, but I'll just share it. I got in the mail the other day my new full focus planner. I'm like such a geek. I'm so excited about my full focus planner. Like, what's a full focus planner? Well, Michael Hyatt, who is like, you know, high performance coach, leadership mentor or whatever, he's kind of like the modern day Franklin Covey or whatever. But here's, here's my point. My point is about this, my full focus planner, is the reason I'm excited about it is because I'm going to be doing things this year I've never done before. And in order to do that, it's going to require my full focus. <laughs> And I just like even the name of it, the full focus planner. Focus was has been my word for last year, such a powerful word. This year's manifestation focus is going so in with this. But here's the point. One of the things I really like about Michael Hyatt is he understands there's different kinds of goals. You know, obviously there's your God-given goals, like whatever God's telling you are your goals for this year, or whatever the things are desires in your heart, you've got goals, right? But there's also what Michael Hyatt refers to as ritual goals. And you're not going to go and find really a person on the planet who is a high-performance person who doesn't have certain rituals. What I mean by that is, for example, if you did a, a survey of Fortune 500 CEOs or you did a survey of billionaires or you did a survey of Olympic athletes, People that are performing or have, you know, a high level of manifestation of incredible things in their life. Believer or unbeliever, right? God has made us to be programmable people. And there are goals that we should have to develop the right habits. And let me say this. Prayer is a habit. It is a habit. And you can develop a habit that will produce supernatural results in your life. Not because you're religious, just because you understand the power of prayer. I mean, a habit of working out, a habit of eating healthy, a habit. But the thing about a habit is that it goes onto autopilot and you don't have to think about it anymore. And so my full focus planner, here's the cool thing, it has a place for your regular goals, but then it has a place for your developing new habits, developing new rituals. And I'm sharing that because for some of you, prayer, you need to replace a habit with prayer. Like, you know, a lot of times you're like, oh, I'm trying to break a bad habit. Well, you know what? A lot of times the best way to break a bad habit is to actually implement a new habit. And a new habit will break that old habit without you even having to focus on the old habit. Does that make sense? And so, Father, I'm just going to pray for, Father, uh, uh, just just new habits, new, new habits that we have, Father, that bring us into a new level of being so that we can experience the new level of manifestation. Whew, thank you, Lord. This transformation is happening internally. And so I just release that, and I release the grace to know the next step, to know the next step. Thank you, Father. I'm just seeing a picture of um, 
kind of a little whiteboard, um, kind of like a little handheld whiteboard, a white erase board. And um, it's a picture of like you and the father playing hangman, which is kind of a silly kid's game. But after every game of hangman, it's like he's wiping the board off and you're starting over. You know, it's like you start a new game, you start a new game. It's a picture. God's showing me, it shows me it's like, I mean, if you lose hangman, like what's, there's no big deal. Like, okay, you win this one, you lose one. You just keep playing. You're playing for the fun of it, right? You're, you're, you're just, there's not like, if you're devastated because you lose a game of hangman, well, that's just a waste of time. But I feel like what he's showing me is that, you know, every day is like a game of hangman. <laughs> and sometimes you just need to wipe the slate <laughs> and be like, well, I, I didn't do yesterday. You know what? That wasn't a great round of hangman, right? But it's a new game. It's a new day. And that is another habit. You know, there's really this process of, of, I feel, also connected to mastering your inner universe, your inner world, that is going to require you let go of the past. And it's not just a a one-time thing. It may be a daily thing. And so who, forever, whoever that's for, we just, Father, we just wipe the slate clean by, with the blood of Jesus. Whew. And we thank you, Father, that it's a new day. It's a new day. And we're starting with a clean slate. You do not keep a record of wrongs. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name.